Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text us at 580-580. Wow. I love the new intro. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Who needs my name in there? Seriously. (laughs) Actually, yeah. Do they they usually say our names in there or what? I think they did. I don't know. I can't remember. It was last year. Oh, whatever. Whatever. Happy New Year, Paul. Happy New Year, Stephen. Frank, you with us? I'm with you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How was your New Year's? A little crappy? (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know, the joys of having Crohn's disease. Uh, (laughs) When it strikes, it strikes. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, we're glad you made it. I'm, 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 I'm happy that I'm able to call in. The technology is nice enough that uh, allows me to still be on the show, even though I'm at home. Yeah, we won't ask where. Yeah, we won't ask where, and we we definitely my office. Good, good. Let's assume the office. Yeah, yeah. and we definitely won't talk about who bought breakfast again. You haven't bought breakfast this entire year, Frank. Wow. 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 First show of the year. Wow. Uh, speaking of uh, getting Frank going, uh, maybe you could answer this for me, Frank. The experts anticipated 5,000 new jobs in December, and we ended up with 104,000. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I, Boy, it's a good question, isn't it? I think everybody's asking that question. Uh, even the statistics that came out. Now, again, historically... December is a good jobs month and only because it's Christmas time and retail are hiring. Now, a lot of those jobs are short-term, part-time students just getting some work time in now that they're off school. So I think, I think what everybody's looking for now is what the numbers are going to look like the first three months of this year. Those are going to be critical in determining, you know, when the recession officially starts and how deep that rece- this recession is going to go. Now, they also said that because there's so many jobs created, it's almost a slam dunk that rates are going to go up again. Well, uh, Bank of Canada right now, or the, the bond markets and the markets have priced in a quarter of a percent increase on uh, January 25th when the next announcement comes. That doesn't mean that, uh, that necessarily uh, the same is going to happen on fixed rates. Um, you know, what we saw just after our last show, which, which would have been the third week of December, uh, during that week, just before Christmas, you saw the bond markets go up based on the fact that there were other statistics that came out. And the biggest one is the labor market. I, I mean, the labor market, let's call a spade a spade, is 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 unorthodox in comparison to what's happening with the economy. Now, that being said, I think there are a lot of people that have exited the job market. Uh, and hence, we've got the tightness in jobs. And, uh, you know, I think we've all been uh, been caught with going to a restaurant or going to a, a service, any service industry, and the airlines are certainly feeling it right now where people just don't want to work. They can't find employees to work for them. So, um, you know, that's the outlier in all of this because everything else points towards a recession. But I will say, like, the restaurants are still doing well, and that's probably a good sign that a recession might not be as deep as we think it might be. The problem with the restaurants right now, I was at a restaurant last night with my kids. <clears throat> there was three of us having dinner last night. We had two, like, one drink each, and our bill was $300. It, it was just a, it was crazy. And and the thing about going to these restaurants now. What's the restaurant in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about the thing about going to these restaurants right now, because they can't find people to work, you're paying these, these these dollars, 
and the service is not there. Like it, the, the service was terrible at this restaurant. And most restaurants I go to now, the service is not great because they're so short staffed. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, and we talk about all these jobs, Frank, and you, you hit it on the head. I mean, in December, our job market always goes up. Our job numbers always go up. Right? Although they did say a lot of them were full time this time around. But they also said there's 104,000 and they were expecting five. So yeah, I mean, way off, way off. You know, stats, you can, you can make them up any way you want. Before we go any further, Steve, I just want to say a, a shout out to a special listener. Uh, my girlfriend's dad, Joseph, is in town from Slovakia. Hey, Joe. And uh, he's uh, been here. He's been here for three weeks. Uh, he's at the tail end of his visit and uh, he's listening to the show for the first time. So I hope he enjoys the show. I hope I don't screw up too much, Joseph. What was the over-under on him lasting with you for three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not sure if the over-under was lasting my liver or... <laughs> <laughs> Well, nice. We'll do anything to get listeners. Huh? Oh, we will. We'll fly him in from Slovakia. Even to, to get the listeners, why not? Now, should we get to the... Well, it depends on what you read. It's either going to be doom and gloom, or it is what it is, and it's not going to be as bad as some people predict for 2023. You know what? I don't think it's going to be as bad as what some people predict. There was an article this week, before I get into the numbers, there was an article this week in the, in the REM magazine, which is a real estate magazine, and the title of this article says, Deepest Decline in Home Prices Expected in Q1 2023, and it's reported on by Royal LePage. Now, every company has their own reports and stuff like that. And when I looked through this, I was like, when I read that, I was like, oh, no, doom and gloom, it's going to be terrible. But then I get through to, to where Ottawa is, and it's good news for Ottawa. I mean, they're predicting a 2% increase. Uh, they are predicting that our average sale price will get up to about 739000 or is exactly where we were in April of this year. We've come down since then. So let's go over the numbers. I'll tell you come how Come down we, quite a bit. Huh? Come down quite a bit. And I'll, I'll tell you how we did in December, and I'll tell you how we did year to date. So in December, our number of sales was actually down 30%, which we knew was going to happen. It was, a, it was a really tough month. And our average sale price was down 1.2% at 606000 When we look at year to date, our average sale price was down 25%. Uh, sorry, our number of sales, sorry, was down 25%. But when you think of that, the year before, we had 20,289 sales. This year, 15,288. So we're, we're down a lot of sales from where we were last year. Now, can we really compare to last year? Um, it's hard. <laughs> I, I like to say if you, you take out 2022... Or sorry, 2021, take out 2020. I like to compare, even like our numbers are down compared to those years. That's what year. I mean. Like so, if you compare to an average year yeah. before the craziness started a couple of years ago. Yeah, we're, we're looking at that. Like 2019 is, is very similar to where we're looking at that right now. Our average sale price was up 7.1%. So there's a lot of doom and gloom people saying, oh my God, our prices are dropping, our prices are dropping. And they have. We were at 739000 in April, which is the highest we've ever been. Right now we're at six ninety one. So we've literally come down $45,000. But when you look at the start of 2021, our average sale price was at 529000 So two years ago, our average sale price has come up $162,000 in two years. So yeah, we've come down a little bit. We come down 45000 but we're still up 162000 you know, even coming down that $48,000. So I don't think it's doom and gloom. Our days in market, like we look at the days on market for December, Average days on market was 18. Like, that's, sorry, that was year to date. That's yeah. not, that's not bad. Like, I mean, 20, 18 days. I mean, you remember some of the days we were on the radio and it was 47, 50 days on market. We're at 18. So, I mean, we're, we're in a very healthy market. Uh, I, I still, uh, 
you know, I still back what I've said before. I mean, earlier in the year, I thought 2023 was going to be a very tough year. There's some people that saying it is going to be a little bit tough, but then there's a lot of people. I mean, Remax came out with a report saying it's going to, the average sale price is going to go up 4%. Yeah. So I think we're going to be anywhere between that 2 and 4% average sale price increase. And when you're already at 700000 that's a big increase. I mean, you're, you're talking up upwards of $28,000 on the average sale price. That's... And then, and then if you read something else, it'll say compared to tw- uh, January 2022, this January, we're going down 10 to 15 and February 20 to 25. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know what? You can make up stats. You can, you can manipulate stats any way you want. But the truth is, is talk to the people. Don't look at the news. Don't listen to the news. Uh, talk to the people who are in the, in the grind, in the trenches. And, and we're in the trenches. And I'm telling you right now, what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing is I think we're going to have a very somewhat flat 2023 but when i say flat i'm thinking we're going to go up but it just won't be the robust you know 7 10 12 15 hey, i'd take a 4% i'd take a 4% too there's keep in mind in in 2013 to 2016 we we're up 1% 1.2 1.4 so i'll take a 4% any day and it's especially when our average sale price is already at 700,000 so uh, don't read the doom and gloom it's it's we're we're in a very healthy market and i don't care what people say I just talk to the people in the trenches who know what's going on if the doom and gloom were to come true for January, February, should you be listing right away? <laughs> well, you know what? There's two trains of thought. Uh, it's, you know, I, I have some people who are like ready to chomp it at the bit. And I'm like, you know what? We, we, because kids are going back to school on Monday, we've kind of seen a very slow start to the to the, to the market. However, I was talking to, to Greg, who's with me, my photographer and videographer, and he was saying he's been like since January 1st, he's been super busy with listing properties. So it's it's good news. I mean, if we're, if we're finding we're busy, hopefully other people are, but the, 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 consensus in the market right now is let's see what happens once the kids go back to school. That's when we'll tell the tale of what we, what we see is going to happen in January and February. But you know, I, I think we're, you know, even if when Frank says they're, they're factoring in a quarter point hike, I mean, with, that might slow down the market yeah. even more. I was looking at my commercial mortgages this morning and like they're high, high mortgages, but one of them that's 7.8% and I've, I've gone up since the, the rates have started going up $3,000 a month extra on that commercial mortgage. So it's, I don't know how some people are surviving with all these rate increases. No kidding. Yeah. Well, we'll find out if people are looking for mortgages when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, back with Mr. Rushforth, Mr. Napolitano. Well, Frank, are people still looking for mortgages? Oh, do we lose Frank? We may have lost Frank. Oh. Uh, yes, Steve, people are hey, still... Sorry, guys, I had my mute on. <laughs> 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 had my mute on. <laughs> Thanks for keeping your mute on, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure during the commercial break if I was off the air, so I said I better put my mute on, so... You know, not having uh, not no. having Frank in the studio during winter is actually usually common for us, right? I mean, so it's, yeah, this is we should be used to this. we should be used to this for sure. Oh, stop <laughs> it, stop it, guys! No, uh, you know what? I mean, if your mortgage is up for renewal over the next six months, it's unfortunate that uh, the timing is just bad, and it's just bad luck. And um, you know, our, our first time home buyers sitting there—they're absolutely there. They're on the fence right now. They're, I think. I think we're going to have a fairly robust spring market. I think we're going to start to see fixed rates start to creep down a little bit uh, starting, uh, you know, in the spring. And I'd like to think that there's going to be some activity because there are first time home buyers that are anxious to buy. They just, 
we are hoping that you know during the spring market we'll see a little bit lower interest rates and maybe you know in the low fours high threes and that's that's acceptable and reasonable for many people and you know we've seen the values of homes come down and you know like you said paul i mean it really is a tale of two different stories in in 2022 uh you know the first half that was so robust and so crazy not only on the real estate side but on the mortgage side because mortgage rates were still in the twos and the threes and then all of a sudden the second half of 2022 hit and with all the increases in prime rates some of the fixed rates went up tremendously as well and we go from the twos and the threes to the fives towards the end of the year and we hit the high fours but again very very different scenario when it comes to somebody qualifying especially a first-time home buyer who's looking at buying their first home and even though the value of the home that they were buying came down unfortunately got offset real quickly by the fact that their carrying costs on a mortgage went up even more than than uh you know in other words their payment would have been less had they purchased in march and april because the interest rates were less so it's tough i think what's what's bothering me now that i that i've heard from a number of clients is that their banks are calling them and their mortgages are up for maturity in may june july and they're currently in the high twos low threes and their banks are trying to convince them to early renew their mortgage now into today's rates and going against what their economist is saying which is you know they're telling clients that the interest rates will likely be higher at their renewal so they should early renew and give up that lower interest rate for the next four five six months and you know, I just think that that's bad advice. Now, you know, I don't have that crystal ball that tells me for sure that interest rates are going to be uh, lower, but I don't get the feeling that they're going to be higher. That's for sure. So why would you give up 2.89 for the next six months to lock in now when you can just wait out the six months, continue with your 2.89 and then decide what you're going to do at that point? Yeah, right. if you could get a mortgage at three and a half, it might make sense, but not at 5.19. Well, Frank, I have, I've had numerous people who have come to me recently telling me that exact story, how they said, yeah, you know, I have about four months left in my mortgage at whatever it is, two, three, whatever percent they're at. And they said, yeah, my bank is calling me and telling me that rates are going to skyrocket and it's time to renew. And they're telling me the five-year fix is the way to go. You know, and I'm just like, whoa. I mean, like, first of all, I don't, maybe we might have another quarter point in January, but I, they can't go much higher than where they are right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely on the down, but for the bank to try to early renew them when they're in a great rate, I mean, I guess that's their job, right? That's how they make money. And that's why there's, you know, every quarter. It's a lot of money for four months though. It is a lot of money for four months, and especially locking into that five-year fixed, right? I mean, it's, it's, I had a gentleman uh, yesterday ask me about what his daughter's mortgage is coming up for renewal and what should he do? They're telling him to do a five-year fixed. And I said, well, I, first of all, I wouldn't be doing that. I'd do a short-term mortgage or a variable rate mortgage. Uh, it's just the, the rates have nowhere to go but down. And then your penalties to get out of those are going to be excruciating oh, at that yeah. point too. Yeah, so, you're really you know, hooked on that, now, eh, Frank? Yeah, you're 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 going to be in so like it won't even be worth breaking it at that point, and you're just going to feel down on yourself for doing that. So you know, I you know I would encourage anybody that's listening to, you know, if, if you've got a mortgage coming up for renewal, yeah, the timing is awful, but. Don't get caught giving up your lower rate mortgage today to early renew because it goes, I, I, I just think that's going to be a decision you're going to regret uh, for many, many months. And, you know, as far as going short term or long term or, or variable, Paul, 
you know, that's another tough decision because we're in inverted bond markets. So generally speaking, in some in, in a lot of cases, the short-term rates are actually higher than the long-term rates. And that makes for the decision to be even tougher because, you know, you'll say to yourself, and, and, and by the way, the two clients that called me this week in reference to early renewing, their bank was offering them 6.19 for a five-year fix. Ouch. You know, and I'm saying in, 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 in no world at all does it make sense. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for you to do this. So, Isn't that a point higher back. than you're offering, Frank? It is more than a point higher. In both of those circumstances, I said to them that I can get them 4.89 right now. So that's a significant difference. And even then, I said, I'm not even sure that you should be taking a five-year fix. Yeah. You know, you're, you're at a good stage now. The good news in all of this, and listen, it's not all bad news. A lot of these clients that are calling me and their mortgages are up, the equity that they've built in their home over the last five years, they did not expect. Yeah. And, you know, we tend to always focus on negatives, and that's what we do as a society. But sometimes we do have to pull back and, and just look at the big picture. And for a lot of these clients that have their mortgage coming up for renewals, their mortgages are in the 200, 300 range because when they purchased their home five years ago, their home was 400, even first time home buyers, 450. They've done very well. So again, I mean, it's nice to be able to have that conversation with them and for them to kind of refocus and not just think about the mortgage, but also look at the amount of equity that they've built in their home and opportunities in some cases where you know, they get to kind of rejig their finances and they've got, maybe they're carrying some loans and some credit cards and they're finding it hard now with the mortgage coming up for renewal, with the new payments are going to be based on the higher rates. There are opportunities out there to be able to refinance and look at the whole picture and be able to keep the payments fairly close to what they're making now, especially if they're adding some of that debt into their existing mortgage. Frank, a lot of the conversations I have right now are centered around that about people who are you know, they're disappointed that the, the, the average sale price is coming down quickly and, and hard. Uh, but I just remind them that look at what you've built over the last two years, which we've never seen before and we probably will never see again. I mean, your your $700,000 townhome should probably be worth about four hundred if we didn't go through that crazy time. So just look at that and don't focus on too much on the rates or the prices coming down. Focus on what you have gained that you probably will never gain again. Right. So it's, and you have to anticipate when things go up this fast, they have to come down. Because it doesn't happen in Ottawa, it's happened in Toronto, Vancouver plenty of times. When they go up this fast, there's always a correction afterwards, right? In two years, we've gone up $162,000 on the average sale price. We were bound to have some sort of correction, right? Um, You know, I did, I think it was going to come down. You know, as as hard as it has, no, but I, uh, we were bound to have a correction. But it wouldn't have, Paul, right? The, 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 the values wouldn't have come down that quickly if interest rates had remained fairly Absolutely. stable. Absolutely. So this has all happened because of what's happened with the Bank of Canada and how they didn't foresee inflation being where it was in 2022. And, and in many ways, um, again, I, I, I mean, a lot of Canadians feel cheated because Bank of Canada came out and said that the interest rates were going to remain low yep. for a long time and a long time. Right into 2024, as I recall. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got it. Right. So, um, again, Canadians are feeling cheated. The ones that took variable, which was a wise decision at the time, ended up backfiring on them because nobody foresaw interest rates going up as quickly. And it's never happened in our lifetime that they've gone up as much as they have 
in such a short span. Well, especially if you're talking about your lifetime, that's a long, long time, especially Steve's Even lifetime. mine, I've never Steve, seen it. But but my short lifespan, I mean, you know, it's it's I have never seen it. And if you guys have never seen it, then a lot of people have never seen it. My God. Frank, even when rates went to 18 19%, that was over a period of time. It didn't all happen in one year like this. Well, I, and we didn't start at 2% or 1.25%. Exactly. We were at 9 and so. 10, yes. You got it. So, so it took a while. And I listen, I mean, you know, Paul talks about how old I am. And I know that you can relate <laughs> to this too, Steve. But, you know, my wife and I bought our first house in 1988. We got a 13.5% mortgage for three years. And that was actually good because they'd been in the 18s and 19s before that. Yeah. So. My first mortgage was 6.3% was my first mortgage. Which is pretty high, right? It was, well, it was high. I mean, obviously I was young back then, so I didn't know much about mortgage rates. And I but 6.3% was... for what you got, you weren't you weren't buying a house for 700000 Oh, no, I, I, I bought right? a place on the Quebec side on the water because I was way playing hockey, so i just come home in the summers, and I think I paid, I don't know, maybe 150 for it. Yeah. You know, so 6.3% on a on 150000 Well, I probably had about $130,000, $120,000 mortgage on it. Um, so it was, it was pretty small, but nowadays a 6.3%, it's, it's hefty on some of these average sale prices have gone up so high. And luckily I don't think we're going up that high, not into the six, not into that high in the sixes anyhow. Let's hope. But we'll find out from Frank. He's the expert. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. I'm just getting used to the porn music. Me, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Hey, listen, you said your father-in-law Joe was in town, and that this is the first time he's ever heard the show. Why doesn't he listen online? And and wait, there's a podcast. He could listen to you over and over again. Well, that's a discussion that Joseph and I will have when I get home is why he has not been listening to my show and finding out, you know, what's going on in the Ottawa real estate market. I mean, her his daughter lives here. He's going to know. So yeah, if I was your father-in-law, I wouldn't listen to you either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to show him how he can listen anytime he wants. He probably won't, but I'm going to tell him anyways. Yeah. Frank, you off mute? I'm off mute. All right. Just double checking. Yeah. Now listen, we you know we're talking about uh, variable rates being high and short-term mortgages being high. Getting a mortgage has got to be like the investment in buying a house. You're not getting the mortgage for today or tomorrow. You're get you have to look at the 5-year picture, right? So you've got to anticipate that variable rate mortgages are going to definitely come down between now and 5 years from now and whether or not the advantage is going to be worth going variable, right? Well, again, the advantage of a variable is the fact that it gives you the option to be able to convert it to a fixed mortgage without any penalties or costs. So, you know, I think it's a matter of market timing. And generally, I'm not a big fan of market timing, except for when we're in a scenario like we're in today, where the fixed rates are, I think, elevated to the point where they need to start coming down. And by taking a variable, you're paying a little bit of a higher cost right now. And putting, you know, putting yourself in a position where prime rate could increase more than just once, maybe two or three times this year. So, but what you're banking on is the fact that if fixed rates, if we do go into a recession, which many economists are calling for, and fixed rates do start to come down, then you can time it where you can say, you know, for some people, they're saying once they get into the threes, I'm content to lock in at that point. I don't want to lock in in the fours or fives, but I'd like to get into the threes. So once they hit the threes, then I'm 
I'm going to be in a position where I'm going to be able to call my institution and say, hey, I want to convert now from a variable to a fix and I'll lock it in. But Frank, uh, I, I, moving forward. But, but Steve, I, I like what you're saying. Like you're, <clears throat> the mortgages are just like that real estate game. You're you're not buying short term. You're not getting a mortgage for short term. You're 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 in for the long haul, right? And and that's some of the conversations I'm having with 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 sellers and buyers right now is that real estate is for the long haul. Yes, the prices are coming down. They are going to go back up, just like the rates. Yes, the rates are high. They are going to come back down. You're buying for the long term, and and I think that people, it's it's almost like we've had this this perfect storm where the prices were skyrocketing and now the rates are skyrocketing. So mortgages are that much more expensive right now. It's tough. It's tough for consumers. Well, you've got to think variable even two years from now, if it comes down, then you've got three years left yeah. to make up that difference. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I know Frank's touted the variable for years and years and years. And, and I, I've always gone variable too, obviously on Frank's advice, but I've always gone variable. It's, it is hard right now though, to stomach the fact that the variable is a little bit higher, but it's, it's still, I'm still, I, I would still go variable. I mean, I, I'm still doing all variable. You know, and, what's harder to stomach is the penalty to get out, right, Frank? I'm a fixed, I'm a variable. It's not so bad because if you're, if your bank is not being competitive when you want to convert it to a fix and there's better out there, well, it's a three month interest to get out of it. So you know, you, you can manage to make a decision, a good, strong financial decision based on the fact that your bank is saying, if you convert it to a fix right now, the best we can give you is four, five, nine, but there's rates like 3.89 out there. And all of a sudden you can, you, we could do the math and say for 0.7% over the next five years, here's how much you save. And here's what the three month interest cost is. So it is worthwhile leaving your existing bank and going somewhere else. And the penalty you know, as much as there's a penalty there, the the offset is that the savings over the five year period is huge. And you know, like Paul said, I mean, it's not a short term. And listen, some of the rule changes have ensured that it's not a short term game because there's the anti flipping uh, uh, rule that came into effect on January first, where if you don't live in a house for a year, you're going to be subject to tax on the profit that you make, unless there's a couple of exceptions out there and. You know, one of them is death to one of the parties who owns the home. And then the other one is a marital breakup. So there are some exceptions out there. But for those that have been buying homes, fixing them up and selling them in a three, four, five month period, unfortunately, it's you're being deterred from doing that now from a tax standpoint. So and then the foreign buyers, which I got interviewed on this week by a couple of stations. And listen, that's such a small piece in Ottawa. I don't think it impacts us very much at all. I don't think we had a lot of foreign buyers. I don't know if you had any at all, Paul, over the last year or two years. But, you know, that was basically Toronto, Vancouver, and Montreal started getting uh, being involved in that. But Ottawa didn't see a lot of foreign buyers at all. So it's not going to impact our market that much. Yeah, I don't think that will impact our market very much. We don't see a lot of foreign buyers, very few actually. But the anti-flipping taxes, I, I think, is a big mistake. I mean, I don't see what's the problem behind buying an ugly house and beautifying it and 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 putting I'll it living it for a year the yeah. government just saying I know but it's for a year if you're going to yeah. do yeah yeah but then it's a business right well so that, what? Well, that's what they're you know, saying. You pay right? tax on doing it. So you pay capital gains on business. You pay capital gains on it anyways. I was I was um, training a, an American team this week, and I was telling them about you know how we can't own too many doors here in Canada and about the anti-flipping tax. And he's like, "What? Like, don't you guys live in a society where it's actually okay to make money?" And I was like, "No, apparently we just try to want to keep people just middle of the class. We don't want anyone to make money." Yeah, but you make money, like your business has to pay tax. Yeah. I mean, so if your business is flipping houses, you should have to pay tax. Well, you're already paying tax, capital gains. Like when you're flipping houses, very few people. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah, all, that's all you're paying if you're that, flipping a house. But there's, a, there's a, also an extra tax on that now. 
So you're going to pay an extra tax on that when you're already paying capital gains tax on that. I just, I just hate the, the Canadian system where they don't allow people to get ahead. Like for the banks to say, you have too many doors, but yet you probably have 50, 60, 70% equity in these homes, but you have too many doors. You can't own more. You can't, you can't do that. You can't buy a house. Are these bank regulations though, or government regulations? Government. These are government, right? These are what, what Paul's talking about is you can't own too many doors is the bank's are limiting the amount of mortgages that they're lending out. And obviously the stress test has come into play on that. And, um, you know, there, there's opportunities to buy more doors. It's just that you're subject to going either alternate or private financing these days because the, your traditional institution, the way they calculate the amount of doors you have, and they only use in some cases as low as 50% of the rents. So therefore it's almost impossible to qualify for a mortgage, if you already have four or five rentals and you're buying a sixth one because of the way they calculate the rental income, and then your regular income has to carry all the rest of the debt. So um, so for many people, they end up going through alternate lending or private lending. And again, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's, you know, something that's gone up tremendously over the last six months to 12 months is the private lending uh, specter that's out there because you can't qualify at a bank. And, you know, we talk about the interest rates being higher, but here's what hasn't changed. is the fact that qualifying for a mortgage today is much tougher than it was eight months ago, nine months ago, because you were qualifying at five and a quarter percent, where today, the best case scenario, you're qualifying in the sixes and in many cases in the sevens and sometimes the eights. Wow. That's crazy. I never, crazy. I, I never thought, I mean, in the start of the year when we were talking about, you know, rates in the high ones to, to, you know, mid twos, I never thought we'd be talking about a six, a seven and 8% qualifying rate. I mean, I don't see the government doing anything with that until the economy <clears throat> changes because they don't want people buying homes right now. Yeah. Am well, I right, Frank? Well, I think you're right. I, I basically, their language says it right. Osby had an opportunity to make some changes in December and they chose to leave everything status quo. And you know, in their eyes, I mean, we just went through quite the crazy two, two and a half year period where house prices elevated much quicker than they wanted them to. Again, OSFI will tell you their primary concern is in- ensuring that the institutions are protected. The ones that are lending out the money are protected because the last thing they want is for institutions to go through something like what happened in the U.S. in 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009. Have they not seen so the bank profits? <laughs> Well, I, you know, on their end, they'll tell you that while the U.S. was having the same thing in 2006, 2005, what's bothering me is that they're not looking deep enough. The problem that happened in the U.S. is because they were lending money to individuals who weren't working. They were lending money to individuals who they were didn't lending money to dogs, <laughs> yeah, or even handle credit. Anybody to handle credit. So that was the problem. What bothers me is that they try to compare the two. And in Canada, we've always been extremely responsible with their lending criteria. Even when the 40-year mortgage came out with 0% down, the default insurers would tell us that we've had no issues with those mortgages at all because they went to qualified buyers. So, you know, they love to compare the two. But at the end of the day, there's there should be no comparison because the way that the lending practices are in Canada are significantly greater than they were in the U.S. There was no comparison whatsoever. I don't know. In my mind, they've at least got to change the amortization. I think so, too. I think so, too. With the values of homes going up and with the interest rates being as high as they are, I think a 30- or 35-year amortization isn't the worst thing. And my recommendation that I've always said is 
you know what, let everybody have a 40 year amortization on a property and that's all they can go on that property so that they have to pay it off in 40 years. Even if they refinance it, they cannot go back to the original amortization. But the problem with the system right now is that, so somebody will do a mortgage renewal today and they've got 20 years left, but they can refinance it to 30 years. So why are we limiting amortizations when at the end of your term, at the end of five years, you can go back up to 30 years anyway. So what's the difference? Why not give first time home buyers that opening where they can right from the start, be able to get into a home and maybe set up a 30, 35 or 40 year amortization. And I disagree with you. I think people should be able to re-amortize as often as they want. If they're 70 and they still have a mortgage on their house, you just sell the house. It's going to go up in value by then anyhow. Well, that's the thinking. But again, I mean, if they want to limit it, because right now there's no age discrimination either. So you're right. You you can be 70 years old and, and go and apply for a mortgage. And if you qualify based on your income, you can get a 30 year amortization and, and, and people are doing that because they do want to stay in their homes. And as far as they're concerned, you know, when, when their time is up, their time is up. And, and then the estate can take care of uh, whatever equity is left in the house. They can sell the home, pay off the mortgage, and then uh, keep the rest of the equity for what they're doing. But, you know, the high interest rates, what what is driven is some of the seniors now are looking at the reverse mortgage. That's, you know, I think, and, and they're really aggressive with us right now, too, the companies that sell it. They're saying that that they expect this year to be a booming year just because, you know, from a standpoint of what's good about the reverse mortgage is that there's no payments. Now, it's expensive as well. The interest rate's expensive as well. But the important part of the reverse mortgage is that the, you know, the borrower is not making any payments at all. And basically what's happening is the, the payments are being made by using the principal in your home moving forward. All right. Paul's always saying... Spring market starts early. We'll see if it starts early this year when we come back. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Uh, Welcome back. You never knew we were back, eh? The music. I know. I get. I get right into this music now, waiting for the video to accompany it. And I love how our producer Stephen told us just as we were coming on, it's going to change. <laughs> I'm missing the doorbell. I thought the doorbell was our yeah, was our little yeah. That's what's missing. And did they not ever? Did they not mention our names in the old one, Frank? I think they did. Yeah, they did. For yeah, sure. I think they for did. Sure. Yeah. All right. You mean yeah. Paul yeah, you Rushforth that, and eh? Frank Napolitano? Yeah, I yeah. think so. You miss hearing your name, eh, Paul? Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. I, I hear That's, my... You can hear him sing it. Paul yeah. Rushforth.com. Yeah. All right, so you're always saying spring market starts early, starts January, starts before, you know, you, we get too deep into February. Early, early, early. Is this going to be a different spring market this year? No, I don't think so. I, I think last week was a little bit slow, even though Greg told me differently. He told me he was really busy last week. Um, I think the kids have gone back. The kids ended school late and they're going back late. Like they don't go back to school until the night. So there's still a lot of people that are trapped at home with the kids. Trapped <laughs> well, you I know, like it. I like it. You I know like what I'm it. saying? You know what I'm saying when I say trapped, but you know, like you're, you're not out looking at homes. You're not out doing that kind of stuff. You're, you're, you're at home. I mean, you're, yeah, you're stuck at home with the kids. So the real estate market in January is going to be delayed a little bit. Usually by January 5th, 6th, 7th, we're already flying off the shelf. I think this week will be a bit of a robust week. I think people are going to start this week. Uh, and I've been saying for the longest time, 
you got to buy in the next six months. You got to stomach those interest rates. You got to buy because I feel like we're going to take off maybe into the latter part of 2023 going into 2024. I think we're going to see a, a version of what we saw in 2022. So stomach the interest rates, get in the market because you don't want to be too late. And the people that I was telling in 2021 at the end of the year, I was telling them, you know, I think you should get in the market. I think you should get in the market. By the time they got in the market, our average sale price had already skyrocketed. Keep in mind, we started the year at six forty-five. By the end of April, our average sale price was seven thirty-nine. Yeah. We are almost up a hundred thousand dollars in that four-month span. And the people that I was telling in October, November, December to buy, 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 they obviously didn't listen, and they're kicking themselves. They lost, a, left a lot of money on the table. It cost them a lot. So, I'm telling you right now. Stomach the interest rates, get into the market. You have a lot more opportunity now. I mean, early on in January, we already have 2,500 homes on the market, which is a lot. Um, And people have taken their house off the market and are about to put it back on. So get into the market as soon as you can, because the market is going to take off is what my belief is. Uh, I've been doing this a long time and I think this is what's going to happen. Now saying that, no one could predict what happened over the last two years. It was almost a pause. Just like Frank said earlier, he's like, no one could have predicted what was happening with the interest rates. No one can predict what's happening with the market, but it's a perfect storm with rates potentially coming down. We have millennials in their peak buying years, not enough properties on the market. We have no inventory. Um, it's going to start picking up. And I think if you can get into the market right now, it's a perfect time and you're going to love it when by the end of 2023, you're going to say, I'm glad I listened to Paul on that radio show in early January and I got into the market because my house has gone up $100,000 and that's what I predict is going to happen. Now, where should sellers' expectations be? Well, that's the toughest conversation now. I mean, it's, you know, we used to have grumpy buyers, now we have grumpy sellers and I completely understand it. And sellers still have that mentality where they say, but my neighbor sold for this. Well, your neighbor sold in January, Mar- February, March, April. That's why your, your, your neighbor sold for that. Throw that out the window. We have to temper the expectations. So we're doing a lot, of, lot more um, evidence with data. We're showing them what's happening in the market, how it's coming down. Um, and it's just trying to temper their expectations and let them know this is the new reality. It will change, but this is the new reality. So, it, yeah, more, I used to pay a lot less for lettuce too. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I saw something on Facebook the other day. Was, uh, I had Loblaws or one other one of these major chains is selling four chicken breasts for thirty seven dollars. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. but I agree, I agree. Everything's gone through the roof. And is fiber up too, Frank? <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be picking on Frank, you know. Uh, we pick on each other all the time. Uh, let's go to the phone. Fiber, Peter's been know, waiting. Hello, right. Peter. Good morning. Good morning. 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 Oh, thanks for taking the call, gentlemen. Yeah, I uh, I hear a lot of scams about um, people having their homes uh, taken because. It, would you tell me uh, is it wise to get title insurance on your real estate? It, it, usually, it's automatic these days. Yeah, ninety nine well, depends on when you bought your house, right? If you've owned your home for, I would say maybe more than fifteen or twenty years, you may not have title insurance on there. So good idea to maybe reach out to your real estate lawyer and just verify whether they put a title insurance policy on there. But if not, uh, you're right. I mean, there was a there was a story just uh, now. Again, whether you have title insurance or not, I mean, some of these fraudsters are really good. I mean, there was a story in Toronto where yeah. where a couple actually um, did fake IDs, did everything, and actually mortgaged a home that they didn't own, pretended like they were the homeowner. So. Uh, title insurance wouldn't have protected them there anyway. So 
But if your house is free and clear, I think it's a good idea to get title insurance. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree with Frank. There, there are some scams out there. There's especially rental scams. There's a lot of rental scams where people are um, actually saying it's their. It's happened to us a number of times where people are saying that this is their property, renting it out. Send me your deposit by by e transfer, and then it's a scam. So there are a lot of scams out there. But getting title insurance, especially if you've paid off your property, is is very very important. Yeah, and you may already have it. You may, it's worth contacting your lawyer just to see if you have that title insurance uh, or the banks already to see if you have that title insurance. And um, uh, it's very important to have for sure. Okay, gentlemen, thank you so much. Great show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Peter. Have a great day. Yeah, you forget about that. That if if you've had your house for a while, you you don't know much. If you've had your house, yeah, if you've had your house for a while, there's a chance that you don't have title insurance. Uh, But if you've owned your house, I believe title insurance became really, really popular as about, like, I think Frank, yeah, 15, 17, 20 years, became very popular. And nowadays, everybody has title insurance. It's not that expensive either, is it? No, title insurance is not, for for what it does for you, it's not that expensive, but it's it's something that's a must. And and, uh, 99.9% of lawyers do it automatically anyways. The reason is... One, it's easier because they don't have to do half the searches. It covers their butt. It covers their butt. They don't have to do half the searches they have to do. But it also, oh yeah, (laughs) sorry, Frank. But it also, it also saves you some money because all these searches that the lawyers would have done cost money. With title insurance, they don't have to do these searches anymore. So it's kind of a wash. I mean, you would have paid that money anyways. So title insurance, you know, covers off all that and protects the lawyer and protects the buyer and the seller. So. You're being mean to Frank. Come on. I'm just going to see if he's... No, he's still... I could take it. <laughs> <laughs> I could take it. Hey, it's birthday time, Frank. It is. Uh, a, a few uh, a few birthdays. Uh, my cousin, Renee Flores, along with my little nephews, Paolo and Claudio, celebrated their birthdays. Uh, my little cousin, Adamo, uh, mortgage agent, Lou Fracco, Tracy Enright, and Karen McLeish also celebrated their birthday. So happy birthday to all of them. And I have a few here too, actually. No. Well, you know, I even brought my little list in. Wow. That, yes, I do. So first of all, we had a couple huge anniversaries. Uh, Angie White, who's my office manager and who's like the, just an absolute dream, keeps the company running. She celebrated uh, 11, no, hold on, is that 12? 12 years with the company. So she's been with me a long time. Uh, one of my new agents, Ashley Blackwell, who came over from Tracy, one of Tracy's team, she celebrated her birthday on the 4th. And Jocelyn, who's the GM of my company, she celebrated her birthday on the 5th. And on the 10th, I have three birthdays. Josh Batley, who you guys ever knows, who does the radio show. Uh, Jonathan Hull, who came over from Tracy Arnett's company as well. He celebrates his birthday on the 10th. And Tracy Arnett herself celebrates her birthday on the 10th, too. So we have a lot on the 10th. So I don't, th- I don't think you mentioned Tracy's age. <laughs> well, well, you know what? She, she, I can, I can mention it because she did put it on Facebook. Because she's, she's actually in uh, Hawaii right now, enjoying it, and it's her big one. It's her big six O. So, oh, nice! Yeah, so happy birthday to Tracy. Frank knows what that's like. Oh, Frank knows. I mean, that was ten years ago for Frank. <laughs> Paul at Paul Rushforth. <laughs> no, no, that's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Paul at PaulRushforth.com. Frank and at MortgageBrokersOttawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week and keep Thank supporting you. local. Please continue to support local businesses and charities.